real hard. <laughs> Candy-colored clown, they call the Sandman Tiptoes to my room every night and Just to sprinkle stardust and to whisper Go to sleep, everything is alright I close my eyes Then I drift away Into Softly say a silent prayer like dreamers do. Then I fall asleep to dream my dreams of you. In dreams, I walk with you. Don't you fucking look at In me. In dreams, I talk with you. You don't want to be a good neighbor. When Frank Booth sends you a love letter, it's a fucking bullet to the head. <laughs> Little blue velvet for you folks. That was Roy Orbison with uh, In Dreams, which of course uh, was the, the re-recording he did in the 80s uh, during the timing of the filming for the David Lynch opus, Blue Velvet, which, Aaron, one of our favorite films. And I enjoy it quite a bit. Well, I'm Mike Jackman, one of your hosts. Yeah, Eric Jackman over here. And I hope that you guys enjoyed our last interview uh, and episode where we had the privilege of sitting down with former Secretary of Transportation and former White House Chief of Staff Andy Card. That was a surreal experience, having him here where we live and record our show for two hours. Pretty awesome. To hang out and chat candidly about a lot of stuff. And there were other questions that I had hoped to ask him, but, you know, for time and, and um, you know, there was a lot of stuff we actually did talk about off the record. And, um, you know, maybe done, maybe we'll interview him again or, you know, but uh, very friendly guy, very nice guy. And uh, we appreciate him coming in to hang out with us for a couple hours and be on the show. Yeah, no, it was it was excellent. Um, been a couple of months in the works, getting that going, lining up schedules, and um, just very grateful for his time and um, continued success at Franklin Pierce and keeping that school afloat and uh, money coming in. So if any of my fellow Ravens or alumni of Franklin Pierce are listening, uh, I know that you have tons and tons of money and extra money, so please give. Send in money. Pierce needs money. <laughs> Especially everyone trying to pay back those uh, student loans. Yeah. Or getting their wages garnished. Yeah, or just even trying to pay the interest on the loan. <laughs> <laughs> or trying to pay for peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and oh, gas God. and all that good stuff that oh, uh, millennials are, are working on. Yeah. You know. Good stuff. So we, we did talk about 9-11 a little bit, the day of 9-11 and Andy's experience. Um, he mentioned the three initials that came to mind when hearing about the attacks first was UBL. Right. And this week there's been a huge story that's uh, come out by uh, longtime journalist and author Seymour Hirsch all about the bin Laden raid and uh, basically execution back in 2011. And uh, I found this story to be very interesting because a, a lot of bits and pieces we haven't really been told before have kind of come out 
that Hirsch, you know, cited. And, you know, there's a lot of critics of Hirsch, obviously. He's kind of, in recent years, gone a little bit more outside the mainstream in his work, but he's been around for a long time. I mean, back to the 60s, you know, Vietnam. Yeah, but, I mean, you could definitely call the guy credible. I would say so. He's not a conspiracy theorist. I would say so. Not a whack job. No, and a lot of the stuff that he's put out there with this article has been corroborated by another journalist from uh, 2011. I forget her name. We can can put it up on the... uh, uh, post, but she basically said, you know, uh, yeah, this information's all right, but it's old news. Mm. And basically, what the the big, you know, the big points of the, the Bin Laden raid. Obviously, early on, we were told that uh, you know he fired on the seals and he had a weapon, and you know he may have had a, a bomb strapped to himself. Bodyguards. His wife, you know, through one of his various wives, threw herself in front of him. And uh, according to this article, this turns out none of that turns out to be true. Mm. And one of the major accusations, which I've I've kind of known about for you know many years now because i've been following you know this stuff was uh that the pakistani intelligence the isi was actually kind of guarding bin laden since 2006 when you consider that this this compound was two miles from their headquarters so it's just it's hard to believe that that pakistani officials who we work with and funnel billions of dollars to every year weren't aware of his presence and, and, you know, keeping tabs on him. Well, you have a lot of people within the ISI that, that are close with terrorist organizations in Al-Qaeda, you know? I mean, how do you how do you get assets and how do you get people to work for you if you're not close to them? And there's going to be a few bad eggs, man. Right, you know? and I think, I think the ISI certainly, you know, in some respects, and this makes sense, has to look at groups like the Taliban or Al-Qaeda and try and work with them and, and be on good terms with them. So so basically the accusation kind of is, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia w- w- also knew about this, and they were paying the ISI to kind of... Because bin Laden's a Saudi. Kind of guard bin Laden. Bin Laden was a Saudi, you know, really? obviously still alive. And another snippet in the, the Hirsch uh, was still alive at the time in 2011. Another snippet that I had questions about in the day that they announced that bin Laden was killed, um, you know, where were all the dialysis machines and medical equipment that would have been required to be at the compound to deal with his kidney, you know, renal disease and kidney failure that was reported way back in 2001, 2002, right. which said that this guy is basically close to death. There's, there were even seven articles that reported his death and burial and and being close to death and very fragile and uh this article touched on the fact that there they did find some medical equipment so i'd never seen that mentioned in any other articles um yeah basically you got a frail you know six foot six dude with a cane held up in this like crummy concrete compound in uh what is the town autobod uh how do you pronounce it Islamabad? Uh, no, not Islamabad. Audubon. Uh, I forget. I, I, like I'm going to mess it up. But Whatever. Uh, one, of, one of those fucking shitholes over there. <laughs> but, and, uh, you know, he's held, he's held up there, and he, d- he didn't have any communication with anybody. Right. He, was, uh, he wasn't anymore. He was he more was, of a figurehead. Yeah, he was still directing shit and sending out stuff and right. still operational. And, you know, it's just, just a fucking boogeyman. And, and they wanted you... It was a re-election be- fucking ploy for Obama, man. They wanted you to believe that at that point, that he was still this this big, all, you know, powerful entity who was uh, overseeing all these attacks, plotting new attacks, and saying, oh, they took out garbage bags full of information. Yeah, full of feces. None of that turns out to be true either. Right. According to this article, um, which has several sources. 
Another thing too, and, and if this is the real story, this this should piss everybody off about the alleged burial at sea. Oh, that bullshit! About how he was shot, and then they took him, you know, back to Afghanistan and then out out to sea. Yeah, did a proper and Muslim burial. They, they did a proper, you know, Muslim Islamic burial, burial, and you know, threw his body in the ocean. And by the way, we've never been able to see any footage of this, any photographs of the body. Um, you know, this isn't conspiracy theory shit because after Saddam Hussein was killed, after his sons were killed, uh, we were allowed. We, we saw footage of Saddam's execution. Yeah. We saw footage of the bloated corpses of Uday and Kuse. Yeah, like and, and the Arabic world didn't get enraged and suddenly launch all these attacks and 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 uh, an excuse that that's what would have happened if the Bin Laden photographs were released was used. And I think that I personally think that that's bullshit. And well, what I think if that, that did happen? What if that did see, happen though? People and should see the pictures. What if there really was a burial at sea? No. What if like they did? What if they did like oh, launch showed attacks? Us proof? No, oh. what if they did react violently and or or no not even like like if okay so give the give the American people a picture of bin Laden dead then imagine all the shit that's going to happen on Twitter and Facebook and fucking 4chan and all the memes and everything everyone's going to make that gets back to some to someone and then you don't think people are going to start bombing people because of like some they do it because of some guy draws a cartoon of Mo- yeah. Muhammad they 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 bomb people. That's the world we live in. I'm You're sorry. Off I, mean, I, just, I just why would you give them ammo? I mean like what it's just well, I think being needs... in, being occupying their countries and having bases has given them plenty of ammo in our drone program. That's true. So but no, you make a good but point. But like, you wouldn't I mean, like then. Then you can't win because then they would blame. Because then you get blamed for for putting the picture for out there. Inciting violence. Well, the point yeah. of the war on terror is there is no winning the war on terror. It's perpetual warfare. Right, right, they want right. it to go on for you know hundred years. This fucking thing is going to go on our whole lives. As long as they know? can make money off it and get more. ISIS is the new boogeyman now. There's fucking ISIS and Troy now. You know. Is Maybe. it? It could be. Oh, it'd be, it'd be interesting. Be exciting. Yeah. I know it'd be interesting. I'd, I'd be down for that. I'd love to see them try some shit, man. Everyone here has guns. Right. So I don't, I don't think we've heard everything with the Bin Laden story, and I'm glad, you know, whether or not some of this stuff is, you know, shoddy or questionable, it's at least got people talking I mean, about something. I mean, are you surprised, though, Mike? It's got like, people you... talking about something other than a fucking football and how much that's air true. it had in it. Yeah, that's true. Um, no, I'm not surprised by a lot of this stuff, and, and I hope that people do read this article and, and pick through it and, uh, you know, do more of their own research and come to their own conclusions. But I will say that I just think that the story that we were fed about the Bin Laden raid and, and death was probably uh, mostly, you know, concoction. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, this whole thing was a re-election uh, ploy for for Obama. They knew where Bin Laden was. You know, he was being protected. He was in that compound, and I don't think it was within two miles of the ISR. I think it was two miles of their military academy. Oh, the army the, or something. The equivalent or... of their West Point. Okay. Over there in Pakistan. Okay. I mean, they they, they fucking knew the Pakistanis had him, and they were protecting him. And and also another thing. Okay, so these big. Uh, Choppers went in with all these Navy SEALs. Do you, do you think for one second Pakistani Air Force and their people didn't know about that and had to okay that? Well, that's another thing that this article talks about is that the Pakistani officials were told ahead of time yeah. and there was cooperation on their end. Of course there was. And this whole story about a, uh, you know, a courier, you know... Mm putting out intel and through through interrogation right, that could be led to led to it that that was a fabrication a as well yeah so most of it turns out to be a complete fabrication so if they're lying about this what else are they lying about well, exactly. i think that begs to begs the question so you know we'll keep an eye on this but uh, i was i was happy to see that there's some movement on this story oh, good. after four years of i think a lot of uh 
a lot of misinfo going out sure. there. And uh, of course, more you know, War on Terror porn, Zero Dark Thirty. Right. You have that, a movie like Zero Dark Thirty that comes out that shapes the narrative that everyone, you know, goes and applauds, and, and, and that becomes and, like reality. Right. Exactly. A, Holly, a fucking Hollywood production with a hot redhead with the aviators. Yeah, who's you know? modeled after the uh, the torture queen. Oh, yeah, Jessica Alf- Chastain. Alfreda Bukowski. Yeah, she's over there. She's running around. Shit's getting blown up. She's got her aviators. You know, they get Bin Laden. She wanted to personally yeah. like, go and look at the tor- watch the torture live in person. Yeah, she wanted to put fucking AK-47 up its ass and fire the trigger. I mean, they, they think, you know, uh, people who watch the Saw movies are sick. You know, that, that's a fucking movie. This, you know, you want to actually go watch a human being being tortured? Get your fucking head looked at. Yeah, exactly. So we might as well uh, beat a dead horse while we got it down. Uh, Bangladesh, where there's a large... Uh, population of Muslims um, a blogger an atheist blogger was just uh, fucking hacked to death by a bunch of men with hatchets Aaron for being um, for being an atheist and speaking out against um, that asinine archaic and retarded uh, religion they got cooked up and all the extremism that is fanned from it uh, the guy's name was uh, Ananta Bijoy Das. He Not was very smart. No, that, I wouldn't say anything. Does, does this reinforce f- your argument though I about publishing pictures? Thing. Yeah, that's true. Well, anyways, thirty-three-year-old <laughs> banker was attacked by a group of masked men on Tuesday morning, according to police. Friends and family of the blogger told Vice News that he'd been online shortly before he was killed, and he had left home to run an errand. He was attacked with machetes, first with blows to the head and then to the rest of his body. Fellow bloggers told Vice News that he wrote posts and was an administrator for the blog called Freethinker, a website promoting rationalism that was founded by U.S. Bangladeshi bloggers, like-minded bloggers, who were also hacked to death in February. Uh, They said that he wrote posts for Freethinker focusing on science, evolution, and sometimes criticizing Islam. See, you, you Ooh, wow, you fucking no, no, there. You wouldn't think a guy with a hatchet that is prepared to kill someone is like reading blogs on the internet. Like yeah, those are like I, two I, different I, kinds. Isn't of that people. science blasphemy? Isn't that technology blasphemy oh, against against Allah and all that bullshit? Yeah. Oh, I just I, I can't can't say enough uh, about about this man. It just pisses me off. It's so frustrating. You know, being an atheist. If everyone could just be an atheist and and, and leave their imaginary friends at home. And, and not have it translate into anger and going out and fucking hacking some dude to death for espousing science and logic. You know? It's sad. I, I, feel, ba- I feel bad. I mean, the guy had a lot of balls to do that. You know, because in, in, here in the United States, people say we're not really that free. Well, we are pretty fucking free. I'm able to talk about my atheism openly and criticize any religion I want and criticize the government and all that shit. And I'm not going to get hacked to death, you know? No. So you're, gonna get, you're not going to get uh, as many likes as you might like. Yeah, well, fuck that. I don't, I don't want those people liking me because I don't like them. Uh, another thing Eric rails against, too, is the uh, the, the diamond industrial complex, uh, the jewelry industrial complex. Uh, and, the and, blood diamonds. And the wedding industrial complex. Yeah. Eric, you had a, you had yeah, a little... Yeah, uh, the stuff. wedding well, any, Anyways, hey, you know, pour, pour a 40 out for this uh, Bangladeshi blogger. Um, I'm sorry. You Was got, he married? Uh, I don't believe so. <laughs> 33-year-old banker. He's probably single. Um, yeah, right. You know, he's on a computer all night. He's blogging and he's probably wanking into porn. You know, like any he's self- blogging about atheism. He definitely self- doesn't have a girlfriend. Yeah, any <laughs> touche. Any self-respecting yeah blogger or atheist will be wanking into porn. Um, Jesus, 
Yeah, the wedding industrial complex. Um, it wasn't really until the 30s that De Beers really got uh, the advertising cooked up about getting an engagement ring. If you're gonna, if you're committed to her and you want to marry her and spend the rest of your life with her in misery, you better get her an engagement ring, and you better spend four months fucking salary on it. Dude, not Give even not even break. that. I, I have a friend getting married in this month, actually, end of the month. Condolences. And he. Uh, he was like asking us like he has to get her something else like she's she's getting him like as a, a gift she's getting him like tickets to like go visit his friend in Seattle. What does she want? One of his fucking lungs. So like so then we were he was asking us like if he if he needs to get her something and we're like no dude like you're getting her the ring that's and that's what it is. So then like my my other buddy was asking around like he was asking girls at work like did you did your husband get you a gift other than the ring and like it ha- that's what you do it happens. That's the new thing. It's like the yeah, you and you're spending like twenty thousand dollars on a wedding so on one top fucking of day. Giving everything, all your money, yeah. all your time, your effort, your heart and soul. It's a terrible spine. way to start you, yeah. like a yeah. life together. Starting with a little bit of an animosity, it's I think. Fucking uh, expectation. You know. that well, no, it's just like <laughs> blowing all your money on one day. Like I understand you want to have a party, you want to you know make a thing out of it. Like everyone loves a good ceremony, you know, think stuff to do. Like I get it. I get the attraction to that, but but to you know just waste fucking twenty grand on one day. And that's the other thing. I mean, Vice just said the average wedding is twenty eight thousand dollars in the United yeah. States. Twenty eight fucking grand. Now, are you going to this wedding, Aaron? Or did you, did I was gonna go. You it's like a destination to, to wedding. Get, oh, it's a destination yeah, wedding. You know, I, I uh, people can do whatever they want. Um, obviously, I have my opinions on the whole thing. Um, I, I appreciate when. <laughs> <Do> uh, <you? laughs> yeah, not as outspoken as Eric is on this, but I, I appreciate when when couples decide to do something really small on the beach or uh, even elope and just kind of snub their. Their in their middle finger to everyone else and, everyone, and say this is true. about us. This is about the two of us. It's not about a big paparazzi event, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna go do our thing. I mean, Aaron, you, you come on. You don't really like weddings, do you? Well, I no, I don't. I mean, no, I don't. But I, you know, there's part there's elements of a wedding I like. You know, like the drinking, the, like the seeing Free friends. Bar. You can do that anywhere. But I mean, right. it's bar. not. But like, I, I I understand the attraction to the idea. Like, sure. it's kind of romantic. Like, you know, your, your girl wants to do it. Fine, let's fucking. But you know, signing a piece of paper and fucking and you know spending like well, like you said, twenty eight thousand. Like it, that. That part makes no sense at all. Yeah. And twenty eight thousand dollars. That's on the low end. And just people I mean, just do it because it's tradition. Right, without yeah, questioning where, where it. did that tradition start? Right, no one a bunch of dumb idiots that, that yeah. were... We had nothing to... Like, you would not hang out with the people that started that tradition. No, you would hate them. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, you would say that yeah. these people suck, and they, and yeah. they do suck, you know? Yeah. They're terrible. We, have you been in any weddings? Actually, like, been I, part yeah, of Yeah, I was in my first wedding, well, maybe last summer. Yeah. And you got married, and I was in the... That's right. Yeah. Mike and I had this stretch... Uh, from 2010 to 2011, we were in three weddings and had to go to a couple other ones. And it just costs so much goddamn money just to just to be in them. And, yeah, you gotta get all and, the matching and go, shirts, get all the tuxedos, and, yeah. the monkey suits, thousand dollar doilies, thousand dollar doilies. You know, the, the doilies shoes. are becoming more expensive. They are, yeah, exponentially. You know, I was living in I was living in Washington D.C. at the time, so I was getting on planes and shit. I was taking buses. You know, I was basically working for months just to go to these things. And then the funny thing is, you go to all the weddings, you're all part of that. You never even see your friends anymore. They right. like disappear like fucking Patrick Swayze and ghosts. Yeah, because everyone you, know? ha- you have to do the rounds. So like, I mean, I guess if you're smart, you'll gravitate towards the fun people at the wedding. But then oh, yeah. eventually, 
they have to like go off and branch off and like say hi to everyone and but yeah, your friend who's getting married, you never get to fucking talk to them. Well, I'm talking about Aaron after they're married, after the wedding. Oh, right, right, And you're right, in the right. wedding. You went through all that shit. And right. You don't even see him anymore. Right, I mean, it's... I guess it's, it's called growing up, which well, I have yet to do. Relationships... Apologies. Be, yeah. They, they, relationships become harder to manage with age, I think, just in general. But yeah, definitely when people are, you know, when people have their own thing going on. Yeah. But it doesn't, you know... I don't know. That's a whole... I mean, marriage is a part of that, but that's... I wouldn't say so it's like So we hope you all come to Eric's wedding. Yes. In uh, right. 20, 2040. Or, <laughs> and you're just gonna... I when fucking hell freezes over. We should start a Kickstarter now. We're gonna... Folks, we're doing a GoFundMe. <laughs> an Indiegogo <laughs> yeah. Kickstarter. Yeah. Go find me a bride. There's I mean, a lot okay. of... Uh, there, there has to... There's the other half of that equation. You need to find a female first. Yeah, exactly. You know? A lot so, of perks. No, I, I don't mean, I don't mean to offend my friends who were married. I love all you guys. I was so happy and honored to be part of your weddings, but... You know, it's just, I think differently about it, and there's so many other things I could do with $30,000. Oh, that's the whole, it's like the whole thing at the end of your life with funerals. I mean, you know, you oh, go Jesus. to these big, lavish funerals. Who are they for? Is it for the, the dead person? Yeah, it's like a dick measuring or contest for, for the relatives who are alive. Or is it for the living? Yeah, the, yeah. the, the grief whoring. You know, the grief whoring is kind of what, what's, what's gotten Puts me. you off. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I think... Because I love a good funeral. Sure, but a lot of the times, yeah. you know, it's a, it's kind of a private thing, you know, how how, how pe- certain people deal with grief. And I know for myself, I don't like the big public displays. I like to have a small gathering and remember the person and, you know, maybe tell a funny story. And But for this, I don't know, the... the I don't know. <laughs> what I really hate at funerals is when they play like sad songs. Like we're already sad enough. You don't need yeah, to play like really like. You hope you had the time of your life by Green Day. And it's just like everyone's bawling. Like, it's oh, like a high school graduation song yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. High school prom. Yeah, and there's like a slideshow. You're like, God, this is fucking horrible. <laughs> yeah. Why are we doing this? <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. And then you got these, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollar coffins being put in the ground. Mm. I mean, the maggot meals. You know, it's like. Uh, <laughs> That whole industry is yeah, cremate me. Yeah. We're in the weird. wrong. We're in the wrong business. We put it on right? record, okay? Jesus. Just cremate me and put me in a, a, I think a, I could a, a cookie be... jar like my grandfather. Yeah. I think it could be scummy enough to sell coffins and then I, I dig them I... up and resell them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wonder if they even actually bury them and they do a sleight of hand fucking <laughs> they have David maneuver. Com- they have David Blaine come in. He's like, I want you to wash the bottom of the coffin. <laughs> corpse hasn't moved and then and then before you know it it's just a pine box they put the people in and they take the, the nice coffin back no it's a but cardboard the people, box <laughs> yeah. it's not even a pine yeah. box but the family spent 30 grand on the fucking thing I, you know what, you know you know there's stories out there like that oh yeah you know I mean, oh, absolutely guys I've heard I've heard that they they definitely uh, reuse the flowers the the giant flowers that they have that yeah. the funeral home provides and stuff like that they move them to the gravesite afterwards and oh, then yeah. and then they use reuse them for the next funeral well just from a business standpoint that kind of makes That's sense yeah it does yeah analysis. I agree with that the dead guy doesn't give a shit right no, he exactly. doesn't care about the flowers but I don't give so a basically fuck the either. point is from womb to tomb someone's making money off your carcass <laughs> to bring it into the world to get it out in the world and then. Bury it. To get it married. Yeah, there's there's money involved. Yeah, you there's, could also call that a funeral, too. There's, yeah. Oh, jeez. There's monetary. Life is economical. It is. It, you, everything's monetized yeah. in our life, which is sad. But it's reality. It's, ca- it's a capitalistic society. We're okay with it. Um, yeah. Gazelles don't have to deal with it. 60% of marriages in a divorce. So what else do you got, Mike? <laughs> <sighs> well, I was trolling the internet, and, and this, this website, I'm sure everyone that's listening has probably been on it at one time or has, has heard about it, is uh, Yelp.com. 
and they go on about restaurants and uh, they just give these these reviews and you know it kind of it's a little disheartening because you know some asshole from out of town comes to my favorite local haunt and just trashes it and they only went there once and you know they didn't get what you're supposed to get when you go there and mm-hmm. in in all honesty they estimate 45 to 50 percent of all the reviews are total bullshit you know, they're written by someone who was a paid agent of another restaurant. Yeah, or I would think or, the owner of the restaurant would go on there and, and, and write good things. Write something good, yeah. I've seen that, but, too, where an owner will respond to the Yelp review. Oh, yeah. And then, and then people the task. Can, kind of turn people around, you know. Yeah, and that's a good thing. But a lot of it's, you know, uh, a lot of it's very negative and nasty. And uh, one thing in particular, there, there is this, there's this Italian eatery down in Framingham, Massachusetts, where we're from, um, that, you know, our family's been going to for years. Waverly Market. Waverly Market. A.K.A. Stefanini's. Stefanini's, A.K.A. Steph's. And they have, in my opinion, in, in, in my gastro, you know, my gastric opinion, the best meatball sub I've ever had in my life. And so I, I was looking at their Yelp, you know, because I was curious. And there was just review after review of how good the food is and how clean it is, but how crotchety and nasty and curt the old lady behind the register was. And I'm thinking, it's an honor that she served you. <clears throat> She's been there for like fucking 60 years, man. <laughs> you know, you, part of the thing you pay for is to have her be rude and short with you. Right, I, and that's yeah. the thing about a lot of these I restaurants. Agree. Like when I have an, you know, an older person um, and they're just very gruff. They toss, they throw the menu at you. Um, they don't read the specials. I respect that because that's someone who's been working in that industry for a long time. They know who they are. They're not trying to impress you. They're just they're just there to do their and job. And not only that, Mike, are you of the school of thought that the, the more cantankerous the help is, the fucking better the food is? The better is. the tip is. Well, and, better well, the food. Because well, they, they know the food's good. I mean, it's yeah. like uh, Durgin Park down there in... Um, Boston? Yeah, Hall? down in Faneuil Hall, man. They have a, a, a famous history of being rude to their their customers and you, and you love it and you give it back to them so the point is we've become so PC and so politically correct that we can't have yeah, someone who's got a little character people get butt hurt yeah but bringing you your food it's like Mama Fratelli you know bringing you a glass of water it's wet ain't it so there's my yelp.com rant people go easy on these establishments okay it's not easy running a fucking restaurant especially in the Monadnock region of New Hampshire our home we need these restaurants to stay open yes you know that's fucking excellent <clears throat> So uh, over the weekend, uh, Mike and I had the pleasure of seeing the movie The Avengers, Age of Ultron, the sequel to The Avengers, and in the Marvel Universe, this was movie, what, number 300? Yeah, something like that, like number nine or something. I liked it. Phase two. I was incredibly entertained. Um, Scarlett Johansson is just always a pleasure to watch. Mm. Her acting is just bar none. Um, <laughs> She's a pleasure to have in class. James Spader's voice is some creepy, effervescent, uh, you know, eternal robot was good. Yeah, the way he gave, the way they even had his head cocked. They had his like head cocked. Look at me, I'm James Spader. Because if you watch James Spader cocked. in the show The Blacklist, he kind of does the Stewie from Family Guy head cock with his mouth open, and his head's kind of Stewie shaped. So that translated into Avengers, which was good. Well, they did body capture for for that part. They had him wear like a green mm-hmm. suit with the. You know the, the the dots on it to do the body capture. So what if they had body capture on his dong? So they do that. They had a real. Uh, <laughs> you know, he gave a real performance. It wasn't just like a CGI type thing. Right. And I also enjoyed the movie. I'm you know I'm I'm you know obviously more partial to uh, the Nolan verse DC comic Dark Knight trilogy as far as superhero films go. And of course, Watchmen. So you know, Marvel to me is uh, obviously it's just very comic booky, and it's just kind of loud and noisy and entertaining you know it's just like 
And it's just good entertainment for two hours. Great yeah, effects. Yeah, it doesn't even like really need to be a story. Not really. There's there really a couple things that really set the whole thing up. Line. Yeah, there was some good Iron Man angst. Robert yeah. Downey Jr. gave you know he pulled out some of that '80s teenage angst. And for they, it. they had the Olsen sibling that didn't eat puke or uh, was anorexic. What's right. her name? Elizabeth. Oh, I forget. Yeah. Elizabeth. She's Olsen. great. Yeah, yeah she was playing the Russian. Yeah, she well, a played twin. a twin there with uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. I had no idea that was him. Yeah. At the end uh, credits. Yeah. He was he was pretty in his bleach blonde hair and his guy liner. Yeah, they had him they had him uh, looking pretty good. And uh yeah, no, I enjoyed the movie and of course there were a lot of allusions to the Thor series, the uh Captain America series. Oscars. Um Ant Man. I don't know if they mentioned They're it. making it. Aren't they making it? They had a preview for it. And let me tell you, that looks like the stupidest yeah. fucking movie ever Deadpool made. Deadpool is coming out. Paul yeah. Rudd. What are, dude, are you broke? Or what are you doing? Oh, it's a Paul Rudd movie? Paul Rudd plays Ant-Man. Oh, I does. think it's going to be good. Dude, look retarded. I mean, it's, I think it's this year's Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> it's stupid. I think we're going to be surprised. Yeah, am I going to see it? Yeah, I'm going to see yeah. it. Does, well, it. does it look horrible? Yeah, it looks horrible. Terminator Genesis. That's another. Oh, God. Yeah, what, what did uh, what did our good friend Dylan say? Terminator Genesis. Uh, I said, Dylan, are you, are you excited for uh, Terminator Genesis? He's like, yeah, I'm as excited as watching an old dog being put down. <laughs> yeah, it's like being excited to see an old dog get put down. Yeah, but you know what's going to still go be. see it. Yeah, this, we got Jurassic World coming out next month. Yeah, when he's in tandem with the Raptors, Mike. Yeah, he's got the Raptors, you know, like, uh, you know, guard, guard dogs now to go after the big, the latest. The vest uh, that he has. The, the latest Frankenstein uh, dinosaur creation. So. Is Jeff Goldblum going to pop up in that? There's rumors that Jeff Goldblum's going to show up in Jurassic World. I hope he does. They got the Asian scientist, right? From the first one. Yeah. They, they, they got him back. Why? He, he has a clipboard with the pen, pencil. Why not? You could have used any Asian for that. They have they have him though. They have the Asian. <laughs> they have Aaron. the original. Yeah, well, no one would have noticed. You could well, have said the Jackman got... brothers notice. <laughs> they have him. Yeah, the way he erases Mike and he has his gloves and the pencil in the first one. Nice. The face that oh he yeah, does. no, no, he's it's uh, it's classic. So I'm looking forward to that one. And you know, so we enjoyed uh, Age of Ultron, and I think the next superhero movie that we're gonna probably go see. We might be uh, you know Dawn of Justice, Batman versus Superman, which <sighs> I'm not actually very excited about. It looks. They released a photo. Trailer, Aaron. They, uh, I saw the still of the they, bat armor, but that's it. Then they got Suicide Squad with Jared Leto as the Joker. That looks silly. That looks stupid. That just looks silly. No I one's mean, ever going to touch the Joker after Heath Ledger, man. You know, I want to try and give Ben Affleck the benefit of the doubt try. because, uh, you know, they, DC and Warner Brothers certainly got a lot of letters back in the 80s when it was announced that a comic... Michael Keaton is going to be playing Batman and Bruce Wayne. So that's true. Ben Affleck can surprise us. I think he should at this point stick to directing. Yeah. But anyways, we're going to take a quick break. Jackman Radio. We'll be back with some more stories. And uh, yeah, see you then. Lonely castle on a windswept moor? Do you long to trade in your sweatsuit for a hundred pound suit of armor and swap your SUV for a noble stallion? Do you eat microwave dinners all the while wishing you were roasting a suckling pig at a pagan banquet? Is your next ideal home improvement a moat? Well, get ready, Liberty City! This weekend and every weekend at Liberty City Park, it's the Medieval Millennium Fair. Our band of traveling minstrels, knights, and maidens oh so fair are ready to delight you with tales of the Black Death, witch burnings, and the joys of being a feudal serf. Forget about air conditioning and modern medicine. We've got all the leeches, spells, and potions you need at the Medieval Millennium Fair. Learn the art of cooking with turnips. 
Yum Yum. Buy genuine reproduction medieval artifacts, including maces, double-handed battle swords, and one-size-fits-all chainmail. And this weekend only, pick up an authentic mechanical Lady of the Lake in Excalibur. It's perfect for your garden pond or swimming pool. And learn how to rid your condo of vermin using a penny whistle and a mysterious prancing German named Hans. The Medieval Millennium Fair, every weekend at Liberty City Park. Back to Bedtime Magic with David Allen Boucher. It's just ambient 70s porn music. Arms wide open. We have a call in from Quincy from the quarries. <laughs> good stuff. So we had Mother's Day this past weekend and we had a good time. We uh, we took our mom to our favorite local seafood haunt, SNS Lobster Company. Little shout out for y'all down there in Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Fuck yeah. Where they have the best prices and the best quality seafood. Or SNS Lobster, as Carol would say, our mom, because of her Boston accent. What did you get the. Uh, I got clams? a big old pile of glams with a side of rice and an XL Coey, a.k.a. a large Coke with uh, minimal ice. Light ice. When I get co- Cokes, I call them Coeys. When I get Coeys, I usually get no ice because that just waters it down and you're losing your money. You got to get the Coke in the glass bottle. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. yeah if who, Frosted. If who possible. has that anymore? Hmm. Where can no, you find yeah. that? I want a Coey right now. Yeah, and I got the uh, scallops and baked haddock with oh, rice God. pilaf. Oh, God. And a large Coey. Oh, God. A big old Alcoa. Yeah, so it was a nice time. You know, Did Mom, you finish it? Of course. Yeah, we finished everything. <laughs> Is there any question? Yeah, it was nice. Have you seen me? <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's one yeah, of it was nice. Our dad came, too, which which was nice. Yeah, one of our mom's favorite places, so I'm glad we could go there with her. Love you, Mom. Yeah. And uh, Mother's Day was good. Yeah, that was a good time. <laughs> so something not related to Mother's Day... This just came out this week. Uh, this former CIA agent, Jeffrey Sterling, and this is from an article from The Intercept. I'm going to read a little bit of this, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. Jeffrey Sterling, a former CIA agent convicted of sharing classified information with a New York Times reporter, was sentenced today to three and a half years in prison, a significantly shorter term than had been expected. Sterling's lawyers had asked the judge not to abide by sentencing guidelines calling for 19 to 24 years behind bars. Boy, that's Jesus. that's harsh, man. You know, the thing about this story too, you know, and we had John Kiriakou on a couple episodes back, and he obviously was in prison for what thirty months. Yeah, something for, like that for uh, leaking state secrets or, or well, the name of an undercover, the name of an agent, right? Yeah. So he he went away for that, and then Jeffrey Sterling, who hasn't even been in the agency uh, since two thousand two, you know, was sentenced to three and a half years. Uh, this you know today or yesterday, and it's like, well, you know, what about the former head of the CIA there, David oh, Betrayus? Betrayus giving her the the girl he's banging, gives her binders of of shit, names, operational material, uh, you know, classified shit, and just you know, he pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor for lacking for leaking classified information to his biographer and lover, Paula Broadwell. Yeah, so he he basically got like a. a you know, two years probation, slap on the wrist, well, slap on the dinky, hundred thousand dollar fine. So why is it that you know he the stuff that he leaked was more potent than, in my in my opinion, Kiriakou and Sterling, 
right. essentially gets a slap on the wrist. Well, you know, it could have been that Petraeus could have taken more people down with him because he was at, at that level. He was so high up being the director and everything. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Maybe or maybe, maybe I don't know. It's a, it's a, it is a good question. I mean, I'd like to... I'd like to ask Petraeus about it. You know, maybe we get him on the show. I think that's a fair question. He, pro- he you know, he buys thousand dollar doilies, Aaron. Mm. Petraeus, because he can afford it, because he's been on the dole for so long. Yeah. So the <laughs> the article from the Intercept uh, continues uh, from FirstLook.org, which is uh, Glenn Greenwald's project, which has a lot of cool cool articles on there. The sentence, while one of the longest for a leaker in the Obama era, was far lower than some people had expected. Uh, Jocelyn Raddick, director of national security and human rights at the Government Accountability Project, told The Intercept that she had expected a lot worse than 42 months. Any jail time is excessive in light of what General Petraeus got, but in light of what the government was seeking between 19 and 24 years, this is the least worst outcome, she said. Raddick noted, however, that the offense for which Brinkema, the judge who you know, sentenced uh, Sterling, who also sentenced John Kiriakou to prison, uh, was also committed by Petraeus because the information that he shared with Broadwell, Paula Broadwell, his biographer, included the identities of covert agents. Yeah. So that's that's crazy when you think about that, just kind of the double standard, you know, that uh, people who have uh, maybe a little bit more swag in the administration uh, or, or the agency, you know, a little, they get a little, more, a little bit more slack. And uh, the person who's actually had it the worst under the Obama administration is probably uh, the artist formerly known as Bradley, now Chelsea Manning. Yeah. Yeah, man. Chelsea Manning, a full pardon. Didn't she get uh, 28, what was it, 28 to 40 years or something like that? 30 or 35 years. So obviously they're trying to uh, really have some serious you know pushback well, against whistleblowers, whistleblowers and anyone. You know, the thing that gets me too is... is uh, it's just, you know, the crimes that they're exposing and the wrongdoings, you know, the, don't talk about that. Talk about the person who exposed the oh, wrongdoing and the crime. Classic kill and the messenger, And then go after them. Classic kill the messenger. So Look at Sabelle Edmonds, you know. Yeah. yeah, she was an FBI translator who had some interesting... So Merlin Mike, that dealt with um, a, a, basically a bird dogging the CIA was doing, feeding a Russian scientist false information on on how to build a nuke or build up a nuclear program that in hopes he would in turn give to the Iranians. Right, right? exactly. Sterling uh, was a was, you know, a former case officer for the Iran task force okay. and he was a handler of this Russian scientist that you were talking about who uh, was turned to spy and uh, basically they tried to give Iran faulty blueprints uh, you know, of the of nuclear components. Right. And now, wasn't it said the Russian was actually kind of hip to it and was actually able to use it for the gain of the Iranians? Well, it actually ended up kind of backfiring and blowing up in, in, in America and the CIA's face. Right. The author of, the, of this book, um, you know, that uh, Sterling was talking to was James Risen, who was also a Times reporter, uh, who wrote this book in 2006, um, you know, says that the Iranians realized the blueprints were not good and were able to extract, uh, you know, accurate information from them somehow. So, so they had to put so- something that was somewhat credible in these bird-dogged uh, fake uh, charts or schematics or, you know, wh- whatever they were. Right, exactly. You know, so they would believe it. That were, so they'd pass as believable, but were in fact, you know, meant to uh, lead them astray. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and, and to touch on the Osama bin Laden story we talked about earlier, um, the article continues, such authorized leaks are rarely prosecuted. For instance, an array of highly classified information about the killing of Osama bin Laden, which made the Obama administration look resolute and militarily effective, was leaked to the press and no one was punished in connection with the leaks. It tends to be only unauthorized leaks, particularly those that highlight wrongdoing or ineptitude that the Department of Justice takes interest in. Oh, leaks that make the empire look good and make, make you know, those at top, you know, at the top look like they're on their game and they're kicking ass and, and, and yeah, resolute, that's a great word. Those leaks are fine because those leaks come from their own staff. I was going to say, you got to wonder who leaks those. The staff are feeding them to their friggin' media lackeys that got eaten out of their ass there when they <laughs> when they do the uh, you know the briefings and shit. Exactly. You know, don't think that, that, that they don't have a few of them doing that. Um, yeah, mind-boggling, dude. Not well, actually, not really mind-boggling. It's it, it's I don't know. I hate to say that I'm not surprised about this stuff anymore, but I don't know when you when you've looked at it and you've studied the corruption and and you know these people. And, and, and how harshly Obama has has uh, gone after whistleblowers or people who were, who were you know exposing government corruption and, trying to do the right thing and um, you know wrongdoings during his, his what will be two terms he's just not having any of it yeah and he fun. said he was going to be the most transparent president in the history right exactly when, when he, he took came, office when he came into office yeah hope and change you know he, he still has not uh, released the 28 pages from the 2002 congressional report which we've uh you know touched on and uh um you know i asked andy card about that um you know kind of between takes last time and and he also he agrees that it shouldn't be released actually he's he's he agrees with the bush administration and the obama administration that um they should not release that because uh something should be kept secret which on this case i disagree with personally um, I think there's a lot of family members who lost people on 9/11 that would like to see these pages released, and I think uh, members of there's even members of Congress now that are pushing for it. So well, yeah, and I line up with John Kerryaku. Um, I believe Bob Graham has this nation's best interests in mind, and when Senator Bob Graham is saying what he has said as much as he can say about the 28 pages, it's it's uh, clear to anybody that Saudi Arabia, uh, to whether it was not the whole kingdom but people within the kingdom. Um, funding, financing, and supporting uh, the 9-11 attacks. Yeah, the operation. So, Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting stuff. We're going to, obviously, anytime we get uh, a politician on record, we're going to try and ask him about that, you know, on the record, off the record, but certainly when we meet them. Yeah. And uh, anything new going on with the uh, campaign trail or any new presidential announcements? or uh, uh, Jim Webb yeah, kind of picking I'm, up. I'm going to be meeting Jim Webb um, this Saturday, which will be... Um, By the time this comes out, twelfth. Yeah, today's being, uh, Tuesday the twelfth, so that would be what would that make Saturday? This Saturday? Yeah, sixteenth, something like that. I'm gonna meet him up in the coast. He's gonna be at the former mayor of Dover, New Hampshire's house in Dover at a house party, and this is his first trip to New Hampshire since forming his exploratory committee back in uh, like November. Right, yeah, he's been a little yeah, coy. Webb has been um, it's tactics. I mean I think part of it is um, resources and money. I mean obviously he doesn't have anywhere near close or is going to raise what the Hillary machine is going to put together. But um, you know, 
he's meeting with, with groups. He's been in Iowa. He went over to Iowa. He's been to South Carolina. So he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. But it's definitely kind of been under the radar. And until he picks up and starts adding more and more trips and just day after day is hitting all these spots, um, he's not going to really... I mean, he hasn't announced. It's, it's, it's still in, you know, exploratory. And he really is exploring whether it's possible. But I'm really excited to see him. I'm going to be excited to see what kind of crowd uh, comes out. I'm going to be excited to see what kind of media coverage... If he gets any national, um, and obviously the New Hampshire press will be there. And, um, no, it's going to be good. I'm going to go up there and, you know, introduce myself and uh, check him out. Yeah, maybe see about having him come on the program. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to his people, do a little schmoozing. Yeah, absolutely. It would definitely be great to have him on the program and have us uh, talk about his potential campaign for president and what kind of strategy he can do and what kind of differences he can highlight between him and Hillary and, of course, now Bernie Sanders. Yeah, so are you of the mindset that Webb's going to run? Like, you thinking yeah, he's I, in? Yeah, I, I put 80%. I think um, given his schedule and things that he said, um, and just the fact that, you know, right now everyone's like, oh, the guy doesn't have a chance in hell. He's the darkest of dark horses. That was said about him in 2005 when he was considering running for U.S. Senate against George Allen. He was uh, on a good day down by 30 points in that right. Senate race. And, of course, we all know what happened. Epic misstep of George Allen calling a uh, campaign tracker Makaka, which is like, I guess, a racial, some kind of racial slur that he probably learned in one of the uh, frats that he was a part of uh, while they were hazing someone who they probably called Makaka. And um, Jim Webb wasn't supposed to win that, but he did. Right. And I'm not going to say he only won because of the Makaka gate, but uh, he just went around and unabashedly... um, Talked about his record, who he was, and what he planned on doing. Didn't make any promises. Wasn't really flashy, um, and, and that responded really well. I like that. I like that he's not flashy. I wanna, I wanna see more. You know, candidates out there on the stump, just being real. You know, yeah, and, 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 and we're and, seeing Rand Paul just more and more, just oh, pander. God, he's, you know, an update on him. He's what just a been fucking disappointment. Rand Paul has been. He's just been pandering. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not supporting Rand Paul, man. It's not gonna happen. You know. For a while, I thought I might, because when he was up here for Ron last time around, he sounded good and was doing all the right things, but uh, he's just turned out to be a disappointment, so I'm kind of looking at uh, Jim Webb. Also on the uh, Democratic side, uh, Lincoln Chafee might be Yep, Lincoln Chafee right? he not, uh, was up in New Hampshire last week, and um, definitely a guy um, who personally has the resources to run a pretty legitimate campaign. Um, definitely another dark horse, but, um, you know, can allude to his uh, vote while he was in the U.S. Senate as a Republican in 2002 um, against the Iraq War. Right. Only he, Republican in the United States Senate. One, so, out, one out of 23 U.S. Senators who voted no on the war. So that's something they're going to want to really point to in, yeah. in contrast to Hillary. Yeah, absolutely. It would be, be a very good contrast. And um, he has a lot of experience. He, he was a you know governor of Rhode Island, U.S. Senator. He's been a mayor. Um, you know, he did uh, horseshoeing out west. He was like a cattle rancher, blacksmith type dude. Okay. That's yeah. the folksy vote right there. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not going to, you know, we can't, can't put aside the fact he comes from one of the five big families in Rhode Island, you know. Does he? That uh, have a lot of money and influence and history, but yeah. that's, that's how it goes. But he seems like a legitimate guy, and I look forward to hearing more from him and, uh, Learning more about his potential campaign. And that leads us to Deflategate, Mike. Of course it does. Tom Brady suspended for four games next season. Oh, man. This is, like, probably the worst news I've ever heard. I know. What are we going to do? I know. What are we going to do, Aaron? 
He let the air out of the bag. He did. Yeah, he had his hand all over the balls and he deflated them. How could he do that, dude? The trust that the well, American... he had someone else do it. Oh well, that's oh, okay, okay. Like any good politician oh, so or sports, yeah, he better run for Smart. office when this football. Smart. Huge Smart. correlation between some of these, you know, sports. Uh, I don't think this is going to end up being a huge tarnish on his record. I think it's a lot to do about nothing. Um, the fact that we're talking about it, uh, you know, tells you that it's a slow news cycle right now. Yeah, and uh, uh, it's just. This is, you know, the, this Bin Laden story comes out this week, okay, about something that's actually really important and has a real bearing on what's going on. And then we have another rehash of, of this deflate gate with the New England Patriots. Right. And more people are talking about that, I think. Yeah, Especially in New England. It's so important, man. I mean, Bob Kraft, I just, uh, the thought of him making less millions hurts me. Yeah. I don't sleep as well at night if Bob Kraft is, hasn't at least made $50 million Well, if his, if his pillows aren't stuffed with, you know, $1,000 bills, I mean, yeah, what's he going to do? And all the tears of Seattle Seahawks fans he keeps in a jar. It is weird, though, that they'll punch, punish a guy more for deflating some balls than they will for, like, you know, domestic violence. Yeah, like raping. Because like, that's, you know, that's, <laughs> that's a big problem in the NFL Dude, right now. Like, it, that's a huge so, problem. And it's just yeah, weird that... Yeah, that just that gets laughed off. That gets priority. Yeah, like that fucking video of that, that fucking savage beating his girlfriend in the, in the elevator. Right. Did you see that? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, what was that guy's name? Yeah, that's disturbing. Uh, uh, I forget his uh, fucking Ray name. Rice? <laughs> Right, 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 right. Right, so right. some of these guys are murderers, rapists, wife uh, beaters. Wife beaters. You gotta yeah. you gotta hit her a little. Yeah, you gotta soften you know. up a little bit. You gotta get prepped for the game. <laughs> well that's his spring training, I think <laughs> yeah, that's right. what they yeah, right. might, you yeah, know. That might have been training. But there's clearly a problem with uh, you know, being having your brain jumbled and rattled so many times that uh, you're going to have some kind of damage. But even apart from that, just the uh, aggressive nature of the sport. And the NFL is going to, I feel like it's going to change a lot in the next 10 years. Needs to be some kind of rebranding? I think well, how so. Oh, so? yeah, all the concussions, the brain injuries. You have all these, um, you know, veteran players coming out now and saying that, you know, they're, they're you know, they've been dealing with brain damage issues. And depression. And depression. There's all this, all these, th- I just, I, I don't know, I just think the game is going to change. Uh, yeah. You know, it's not going to be the same game 10, ten, the, ten years the from The NHL, now. the National Hockey League, similar issues with young guys uh, who had several concussions dealing with the depression who killed themselves. Mm-hmm. Really? We had uh, several uh, players over the last 10 years, young guys, um, who who committed suicide? You get that happen if that happens enough enough times, people are gonna start to you know, especially like sp- special interest groups and stuff like that. They're gonna start demanding. Yeah. And I don't. I'm not even saying that they should change the game. I'm just saying that I think it. I, I can see well, it maybe, happening. Maybe maybe, in, pun- maybe punctuate the risk a little bit more. I could just see it happening in like the the politically correct culture that we're kind of living in now. Sure. I can see it. I can see things. Well, as long as it doesn't eat into their profits, right? Because right, if right. it does, then they're not going to say much about it. Well, yeah, as long the, as they're making money, they won't up, change a fucking thing. They'll up the thing. ticket prices by uh, five bucks to send the players to anger management courses. And that's the only way, like, the, that's the easiest way people, like, you know, your average fan can make a difference is just by not fucking going well, to the game. Well, vote with your money. Yeah, yeah or if you don't spend watch, money on it. Watch, watch the game on TV, you know what I mean? Right, stay home and drink uh, cheap beer at home. And I bet you could get shit, even small stuff. Like, it, say, like... Say you wanted new seats for your stadium, and you got on Facebook, and everyone, all you could, mass. you got all your fans <laughs> that go to that stadium. Say, hey, let's just not go until they, you know, give us new seats. Right. And then, you know, if that happens long enough, they're gonna say, look, we're not making any money here. We better get let's new get, seats. Let's get, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you know, 
for some reason people just don't do it but that's how you change or shut down anything with yeah, like your if, dollars yeah if Martin Luther King had Facebook and Twitter he would be getting shit done right now yeah a lot yeah a lot done that's true you know there was actually a lawsuit uh, there was a, a trial uh, in, in regards to his death and they, they ruled in favor of uh, of the family saying that there was a a plot to kill Martin Luther King Jr. Did you ever hear about that? That makes sense. Yeah. That, that there was a plot? There was a plot. Yeah, it wasn't just James was. Earl Ray. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Of course. You know, I think, I but, think, I mean, that's the, you know, plot is a loose term. Like, same as conspiracy. Like, two or more people involved. Like, you got to get the gun and yeah. the bullets from somebody. There's one guy right, right there. But, but, the, <laughs> but the, bill, the bill of goods that, that we've been sold on that over the years, that they, every year on MLK Day and CNN, they don't mention that. They don't have MLK yeah, the they third all the great or, or Dexter Dexter uh, King. But they don't talk about the fact that the family sued the government, right? Coretta, Coretta Scott Didn't King. Didn't they win the civil case? They did. Yeah, they, they ended up uh, they ended up ruling in favor of the family's claim that uh, that the government was actually involved in, in what, what's their evidence in agencies. Oh, there's a whole wide range of stuff, and we we should probably could do a whole show about that. And I'd love to. But, but, uh, but contact William Pepper to be on that. But, but offhand, from what what you read about or saw, like, what, basically what are that two really big things. Basically, that there's no way James Earl Ray, Ray could have been the guy who pulled the trigger, because they said the official stories has him in this bathtub in the hotel room, looking through this like you know window, and and the the, the vantage point that he would have had would have actually been okay, but, you know, based on the the hotel second story that MLK was standing on. Um, but they had they had forensics people go in and examine the window and where the rifle was supposed to be positioned, and they concluded that that from the angle and where the bathtub was, he couldn't have couldn't have fired the shot. And uh, part of King's entourage actually saw, uh, you know, people in the bushes uh, facing the hotel run off after the shot. So who would it so, have been if he couldn't have fired that shot? Well, they could have, you know, there could have been uh, local racist groups that certainly could have been for hire. Um, the local it, police it, it department It kind of doesn't had, matter who did it because just the fact that it happened. They let it happen. Exactly. Well, it's just there's the fact that the your country, like, just the fact that we as a people, like, you know, whoever it was, whatever, there's nuts everywhere, but like, the the collective, we weren't ready, you know, we kill everyone that ever tries to to help <laughs> us, you know. So that's that's just yeah. like how history goes. Like, that's just you know, that's the point right there, you know. Right. But then afterwards, we're told a different story about. Well, then there's yeah. an suing cover up. Right. Exactly. Which so. gets ingrained in the psyche of people through the media. You know, reinforced by the people who were there. But it's not like that anymore now, though, because you have well, you have, have social, social networking. You have uh, yeah, you yeah. got video. You got videos of that cop shooting that uh, that right. black guy down and, right. uh, and, and trying to plant a taser on him. Mm-hmm. That shit's on video. Yeah, that was great. So before, <laughs> so if that wasn't if that happened twenty years ago, yeah, that would have just been a story. Black man try uh wrestles cop tries to take taser to kill cop cop kills black man and that would have been the accepted and buried and you and, and never would have heard about it again well i think just the fact too that they are going to have charges against these police officers in baltimore good step. is is a you know a step in a different direction so why don't know, every why doesn't every cop have a fucking a camera cam? on them 
Yeah. yeah. Well, how, what is that too expensive? Why can't they no, figure so that out? Of course they can. No, they can. The money they spend on the 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 weaponry and, and their it, appreciation dinners. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you think they would want? I mean, I, I believe most fucking cops are doing the right thing. So why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you want like man? Like I would another want a fucking camera on check. me at all times. Well, another yeah. thing to keep him in check, and then another thing to say, look, I am doing the right. Here's thing. the what evidence happened. of yeah. how I acted hey, I'm, in this I'm, situation. I'm totally all for that, man. But what, it's so obvious, like your average citizen has a camera on them at all times right. in their fucking pocket. So yeah, why, why cops aren't, why they're not equipped with I think cameras. a microphone and a camera. Well, now you got Periscope, which is like live streaming, like, you know, it's like an app where you can just live stream. What, on your phone? Yeah, yeah. They have it for, oh, Meerkat is like for Android. And then they, for Apple, it's a Periscope. But yeah, you just, you just live stream video and, you know, send it out wherever. It's like Snapchat, but longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it goes to like a Ustream account. Well, that's or good like that. because um, you know I want to I want to believe for the most part our, our law enforcement are um, acting with the best interests of the citizens in mind, but you know some of them aren't. And to be able to have proof, like footage of him shooting that guy in the back, running away from him, and then dropping what looks like is either a taser or a pepper spray. To try and right, some kind of weapon. To try to and justify shooting a up. fucking guy in the back running away from you. Right. So I, I think things, it's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. But um, definitely things are going to change. And I think Aaron, cam- uh, having body cameras is definitely a... Definitely it just seems so obvious. Yeah, right. Well, hey, our government, I can't, I can't, our government can't doing the, first, the obvious right thing, when's that ever happened? Yeah, I can't be the first person to think of this. No, no. No, they're even talking about it in New Hampshire, actually, body camps. Yeah. And we really? don't even have huge issues up here with, with the police. Maybe Manchester and, you know, other places you hear about stuff happening, but... You know, overall, that's it's not something you know. No. People make a big stink about the Bearcat in Keene, New Hampshire, that uh, that we got, which cost uh, an exorbitant amount Wasn't of money. Was a federal grant? Something like the that. The Fed said, "Here, take this, and we'll give you money." Something like that. Yeah. So people are outraged about that. But um, what is it? It's like a big tank or something? Yeah, it's kind of like just it's like, like a, Batman's uh, thing the Dark Knight. It's like his tumbler. Cool. It's like something you would see like over in the Middle East, like during wartime. Yeah, there's no need for it to be in Keene, New right. Hampshire. How much does gas for that thing cost? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All the taxpayers are footing the bill, man. Every right. time they rev that thing up and they want to have a little fun. I mean, if it has a special targeting system that just goes after Keene State students when they're drunk, I'm okay with that. <laughs> right. You know. Like set to stun, mm-hmm. you know, like the tumbler in Batman. Like you're not going to kill him, but yeah. you're going to make sure he doesn't, you know, rip out a stop sign or pour a drink on an old lady ever again. I mean, if we're paying for it, they should at least roll it out up and down Main Street a few times. Yeah, like North Korea. North Korea, the very few weapons they do have, they're proud to show yeah, them off. Yeah. Keep it hidden. <laughs> the fuck? I don't, I don't know where they keep it. That's a good yeah, question. Well, it's, 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 a, it's, it's covered in dust right now. Does it not belong to the public? <laughs> <laughs> Some good. guy has to, some, dust. Yeah, some, some poor guy stuff. has to take like one of those like Swiffer things oh, and dust God. it. I love how like little drones are becoming acceptable, like almost like cute little Christmas gifts. Yeah. Like the idea of a drone. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's a fucking death now. machine. Yeah. yeah. You know? Actually Muse just is releasing an album called Drones. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I can't first, wait, man. I heard the first the cover the cover is awesome. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen the cover. The cover is a um in my opinion is is like a young guy, a drone operator, and his head is a uh, it's like a, a camera to 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 talk about commentary on surveillance state mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's like controlling a drone oh, cool. uh, oh really like I, think, I think so yeah sort of yeah very, dude exactly Matthew yeah. Bellamy man 
Yeah, yeah, that yeah guy. very Banksy-esque. Hmm. This is their first uh, really blatant, I think, politically charged album. You know, because they've kind of been getting more into like dubstep and weird I type music their, their last, last couple album. albums. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. No, Muse is great. I, I, I love, I'm a huge fan of their stuff. So I'm certainly uh, looking forward to this project. So uh, I think maybe tonight we'll close the show with a song by Muse. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you this, have one in mind? I do. I, okay, okay. This is from uh, the film Watchmen. It's called Take a Bow. One of my favorite Muse songs. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Jackman Radio. Much more to come in the coming weeks. Please check us out on Twitter. You can find us under the moniker Jackman Radio. And we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Jackman Radio. You can also subscribe on iTunes. iTunes. Yes, subscribe, Which we want to encourage people, people to do is subscribe. Yeah, so please su- subscribe. Don't worry about Podbean. Go to iTunes or Beyond Pod for Android. And, uh, yeah, just type Jackman Radio in the search engine, click subscribe, and then you won't have to worry about downloading every episode. You just get them automatically, and we get the numbers, and everybody's happy. Right. Exactly. And the bigwigs up top say that we're doing good, and we don't get cut. They don't cut the financing from the Ford Foundation. <laughs> and uh, we, I, we're working on some special guests coming up here, two folks, in the next couple months. So, some really uh, cool interviews lined up. So enjoy the Muse tune, and stay tuned. Have a great night. <laughs>